Welcome to the New Force Business Podcast with me, John Carpenter, a podcast where I get to talk to local businesses within the New Forest. Now, when starting a new business, one of the sectors people may choose to avoid could be food and drink, given how many options that are already available, particularly in the drink sector. We often see new alcoholic drinks being launched, numerous different coffee flavours. But what about tea? What about starting a company to sell all different types of tea and a few types of coffee throughout the New Forest? Well, to find out what that is like, it's a good job today's guest is Ian Tiffin, co-founder of the New Forest Tea Company, who can tell us all what it is exactly like. Ian, welcome to the New Forest Business Podcast. Hi, John. Thanks so much for having me today. My pleasure. So, Ian, let's go back over 10 years ago now to the start. How did the New Forest Tea Company come to be? I think I'm right in saying you're not originally from the New Forest, is that right? So did you, no. have the, did you have the concept first and then decide to move or did the move inspire the company? Yeah, unfortunately, I can't shake my um, Essex accent. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm not a Hampshire hog, as they say. Um, yeah. So my wife is from the forest, but I'm, I'm from a little further north. Um, no, I mean, the, the concept of I mean, it, it actually goes further back than 10 years. A lot of people who stop and chat to us, they ask me, why tea? Uh, why not coffee? Why not um, everything else? And, and I it's a little bit of a difficult sort of story and path that we, we took. But um, really, first of all, the passion or the interest in loose leaf tea. I was fortunate enough uh, when I was young that my mum and dad were loose leaf tea drinkers. Mm. Um, so um, that got me interested in that. And I was I was lucky enough, I suppose, to drink that. OK, the occasional tea bag was there but um loose leaf was what was in the house so then my wife and I Kelly uh, who's an integral part of the team we met on the QE2 uh, in 2000 when I was working in a different role on board uh, we were lucky enough that over the next uh, seven to ten years that we traveled throughout the world really got to a point where we realized that we'd seen enough of the world and uh, we'd had the shelf life of being a crew member um and we, I started to explore some new um, ideas, uh, always looked at the idea of going out on my own as, as a business owner. Yeah. But found it quite hard to sometimes be uh, under the yoke of a, a manager. Uh, so I like to explore and be more independent. I'm, I'm very sort of creative minded. I like to, um, I really do like to mind map and come up with different ideas and just see what the industry is doing. So uh, we, we struck upon the idea of tea mainly because I actually went out to Arizona for two years um, to live out there. Now, if I say America, most people say, oh, the tea out there is absolutely terrible. Um, so it's a bit of a misconception because uh, I was living more towards the West Coast. So if you go East Coast into New York and Boston, uh, obviously Boston and the Tea Party is a, a fairly, uh, you have to be careful with that one. Um, but um I was more West Coast uh, and it was a very vibrant uh, tea scene there. I was, you had Starbucks that were up in Seattle. Yeah. Uh, they were launching actually around the time that I was interested in the idea of tea. There was a few tea um, companies that were quite big and they were getting quite good traction. But what they were doing was taking the concept of tea and bringing it and dragging it by the neck into the modern world because there's two types of approaches to tea. There's the traditional doily China chintz bits and pieces which has a place because the tradition behind tea is phenomenal and it's such an interesting subject but i'm very much a, a modern thinking person uh, and i like to see how we can take different concepts into the new world uh, and get new markets interested in something that is traditional so really what i wanted to do i suppose the, the easiest way to explain it is we wanted to create a starbucks for tea so we had some inspiration from a visit in New York uh, with a company there called Argo, a very modern approach to tea. Um, and we sort of formulated the idea, looked at different concepts, looked at where we liked. Uh, we were actually originally going to open up in Scottsdale in Arizona, uh, but not able to get a visa. Um, we decided to come back to the UK. So um, I was actually on a student visa out there. So long, very long story that side. Um, so we came back to the UK, I had a look around, had a little bit of money behind us and we thought, right, where do we love? What do we do? And when we used to have breaks on our contracts in ships, we would stay in the forest. Now, my wife obviously knows the forest. I grew to love it because I 
once uh, I did a, a sponsored bike ride for charity across Jordan, uh, not the lady across the country. Um, and uh, we um, had a love for the forest and we thought, okay, let's have a look. Struck upon Lindhurst. Uh, we were starting to get to the point where we just couldn't find the right unit and we took a unit in at Lindhurst and we opened our first branch of what we hoped would be many of a brand called T-Total. So uh, T-Total, the concept was that you would come in, uh, there would be an array of a, uh, 60 to 70 loose leaf teas. We would serve it in a modern pot infuser. You would have a timer. If you wanted to know more about tea, we would be there to give you knowledge. If you just want a cup of tea, that was top of the menu. Uh, we had a little bit of fun with it. We renamed the teas, different approaches, more modern approach. We obviously had coffee as well because it's part of the world. We accept that. Um, and really just went from there. So it was um, it it was a bumpy ride. Um, obviously, we'll get onto that. But the origin of it is, is that I've had it in my life for a long time. Um, and the idea of taking it into a business took a little bit of time and obviously that leap of faith that you go, okay, well, I'm, if I'm going to do it, I've got to do it now. Um, yeah. You can't, you can't wait sometimes. Um, there was a couple of factors. First of all, uh, the money was starting to be spent um, and uh, we needed a unit. There's a lot of things. I, I try never to look back on decisions that I made apart from looking at it from a point of view, how could I have done it better? Maybe. Yeah. Um, but um, there's always that point where you have to go, got to do it. Let's do it. Yeah, I, you're absolutely right. There is it always comes that time, you know, when you are a business owner, or, you know, you're thinking about starting the business and you think, right, you know, you've got to jump. For, otherwise, you miss, you know, you miss the boat, so to speak. Yeah. You miss that opportunity. So it sounds like, you know, America's loss is very much the uh, the new forces gain in yeah. the in the, <laughs> in the team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's still a, a sort of one of those things that my wife and I still look at moving back to the States one day because um, it's a bit of a spiritual home for me. Yeah. I, 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 I loved my time out there. but And plus the fact where we travelled so extensively, we're, we're very much, I think we've been in the forest now for nearly 11 years and it's the longest I've been in one place for probably since I was a teenager. Um, so, um, yeah, it's, it's uh, we've put down roots. I mean, apparently you have to be in the forest for about 40 years to be a local. Um, but okay, we've got a little while to go. Whether I'll get to that point, I don't know. <laughs> Oh, brilliant now that's really you know really fascinating uh to know this the, the start and how how it came to be yeah particularly about the bit that we're going to america and then trying to tease and you know that yeah that's brilliant so thank you um for that so move, move just moving on a little bit I, I feel a little bit awkward admitting this to you ian but i am actually a coffee drinker that's okay we don't I, hold it against you Good. I was, I was, I was, you know, I was worried you were going to end, end, end the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There. But uh, I used, I actually used to drink tea, and I've, I've moved over to coffee. But when I, when I did drink tea, it was only ever basic tea yeah. flavor. Whatever there's a technical term, I, I don't know. But you know, yeah. you need PG tips or breakfast tea, whatever, it, well, yeah. you know, whatever it may yeah. be. So what I'm really fascinated to know about is how, first of all, you you source your, your loose uh, tea leaves. Yeah. Uh, how you decide on the flavors can you explain a little bit about the process of how how that works for us yeah so i mean like i said it, it's a very interesting world tea mm. and i actually do um what we call a university uh, we like a pun i'm afraid with tea mm -hmm. so um we do tea evenings where we talk about the history of tea how it's picked and processed and getting down to the core of what is the difference between your everyday tea that you may have used to drink yeah. um and a tea that we produce um, so at, at the base level, all tea comes from the same plant, which is Camellia sinensis with different okay. varietals. Um, and when you look at how tea is processed, that's where you start to get the difference between bog standard bulk mass produced tea and um, what we call estate or um, uh, proper tea that you would have um, and enjoy it and actually get to feel that you're enjoying a tea that is different to something you would buy on a supermarket shelf. So um, we were lucky enough about uh, 10 years ago, actually while we were out in the States to make contact um, with a very good uh, tea merchant who works worldwide. And we were chatting to him about the concept. Um, he was actually gonna be at a expo in Earl's Court um, and we were flying back in. So we went to meet him had a long chat with him and since then we've worked with them hand in hand for 10 years 
The main reason being is that not only have they been in the industry for a number of years, um, but their sourcing policy is very important to us. So obviously ethical sourcing is is a big subject. Um, yeah. Obviously you might have seen the tea trail with Simon Reeve. You might have seen the coffee trail with Simon Reeve. All about basically how the workers in the field are um, treated, uh, how it's picked and processed, uh, and really just trying to educate people in that, okay, I can go and buy from a supermarket a thousand tea bags for five quid. But where do you, do you know where that tea's come from, what that worker has gone through um, to get it? And are they paid? Are they looked after? Now, this is the big thing. And, and recently, even in the last six months, there's been a number of articles uh, where big companies have been called out on their treatment of workers um and it goes on everyone knows we're not stupid um it happens but the company that we work for um there's two parts to their sourcing uh, first of all is the ethical tea partnership which the easiest way of saying it is it's like the fair trade of the tea world uh, so they make sure that the workers on the ground are looked after they're paid a fair or at least a minimum wage um, they have education for their children and so on and so on uh, if the estate that um, our guys are sourcing from aren't using the ethical tea partnership, they would actually go in and do their own audit every so often. Uh, and if they're not happy, they'll pull the plug straight away uh, until that estate can actually prove that they're looking after their workers. So that's that's the number one goal. Obviously, the other side of it is we need to make sure that the product quality is good. And that's, again, where our middleman comes in. Um, we could potentially obviously go out to Sri Lanka, China, Japan, as much as I would love to have the time to do that um, and actually sit down with each estate um, and go through it. But using a merchant or an importer is, is great if you've got a good relationship with them and you know that they're ethically minded. Um, they're also uh, very environmentally minded, uh, which we'll get onto about where the new forest tea company's concept came from. Um, and... <sighs> These, so the difference in grading in tea is quite important. You're, you might have heard of a phrase, a phrase orange pico. So orange pico is not the flavour of orange of the tea. It's a type of uh, where you're going through the process. So there's different grades. Uh, that's mainly used in Sri Lanka. Um, but um, there are gradings. Now, what you find in high street tea is what they call dust and fannings. And it's basically a byproduct, which I jokingly say to people if they ask me for a uh, let's say a tea, a tea beginning with Tet and ending with Lee, um, I, I'm happy to sweep it off the floor for you because that basically is what it is. Uh, it's, it's the end product or the byproduct of the tea industry um, because what they do is they bag up bulk amounts of this dust and fannings. That is then put into tea bags um, and sold at a very cheap price. Um, and that's not what we're, what we're about. Uh, mm -hmm. We're making sure that um, if you want the tea experience, we will give you a tea experience. Um, but it's actually getting people to realise that um, and trying to educate. It's like coffee. Let's say 10 years ago, if you'd have gone in and asked for an uh, extra hot vente latte with skinny milk, someone would have looked at you and probably laughed. <laughs> Most people would say, I'll just have a Nescafe and stir it. Yeah. It's changed. <laughs> so now people's tastes are changing and they're looking for experiences and they're looking to enjoy because – Nowadays, life is not that much fun in some points. Um, so having a, a lovely coffee or having a, a tea, which is still affordable and still gives you a nice time, um, is, is very important to people. So for us to be able to say, uh, whether it's one of our um, wholesale customers, whether they go in there and have a tea, they're not just going in there and being treated with a soggy tea bag. They're actually getting a proper tea and they're getting experience. Um, but yeah, the sourcing is, is key for us. I mean, we, we have got some um, independent suppliers that we're looking at, but again, we have to be very careful with the ethical side because our ethos is not only um, the environmental side, but also the ethical side of the business because you need to be able to stand alone and show a little bit of your USP that you're, you basically care. So, yeah. So, okay, let, let's go on to that. Then, you know, you talked about, you mentioned the, you know your concept and you want to show that you can obviously clearly how you source the tea bags and the, the ethical side is you know yeah. it's really important and you know as it sh as it should be you know yeah. and, and you're you're right and big companies should be called out on, on on what's on what's going on so yeah just you know talk about the 
you know, you're a USP and 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 I guess the new Forest T con concept then. Yeah, so um, from the start of T Total, um, I, I try not to look back on it, but we had uh, an issue four months into the business where we were sued by Tesco's for a trademark infringement, and we were nearly destroyed. Um, basically, um, it was a unbelievably horrible experience. Um, it would take me another hour and a half to go through this, so I won't bore, <laughs> I won't go through it for your listeners. But we can always talk about it off off uh, off uh, mic. Um, but no, basically, it almost soured my whole enthusiasm straight away. I thought, hold on a minute, Imagine. if I can't, because the idea was was to conceptualize the teetotal idea into a business in a box, and we would franchise it. Um, but that was basically cut gone. Um, so I had to put my head down and think, right, okay, I've got to get through this, got to get through this. Um, we carried on going, we, but we started to lose our way. We looked, we had a business plan. We did look back on it and I started to think, I think I've started to lose my way with where I want this to go. Um, the Tesco's fiasco really knocked me, um, personally and business, uh, professionally. Um, but I thought, hold on a minute, I'm not going to let this happen. So, um, we actually opened up a second smaller venue in Lindhurst um, with the view of when the lease finished on the first building, we would get out of that and just have a fresh start. Um, and then COVID hit. <laughs> so um, we'd actually just tied up transferring the last two years of the lease on the original building. Um, we were then in the uh, Heritage Centre in Lindhurst, which is a lovely museum. Yeah. Uh, if you get a chance to go in there about the history of the whole area. Um, and we had a lovely little location inside there. We conceptualized for them because they didn't have an on-site cafe. So we created that for them. COVID hit, uh, we sat down with the board of trustees. We had um, ideas that we wanted to take forward. They had ideas, they were fantastic people, but we, I think I got to a point where I thought, hold on a minute, I could be one of the few who sees COVID as an opportunity to do, to really reset and go right let's do this because for a number of years basically i'd looked at it and i thought okay well loose leaf is doing okay but number one when i started 10 years ago i was really at the start of it in the uk with the loose leaf modern approach um, and the cafe approach to it so i was almost a little bit too early location 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 they're not wrong um we were very lucky in that we created a niche product and we were number one on tripadvisor for seven years and we had a lot of people come from a long way around who would come to us, um, but that doesn't pay the bills all the time. So again, we think, right, okay, how can we get back to basics and take the business forward? And the idea was, is right, our tea merchant at the time, again, with their environmental approach, had um, been one of the first who had actually created uh, or had a material that could be created into a pyramid tea bag that would break down naturally um, and could be certified as compostable. So compostable is a very grey area still. Um, uh, so, but we thought, okay, well, could we take our teas and put them into this material? So you're not losing anything in translation. So the answer was yes. And we thought, okay. And that's basically where the idea of the New Forest Tea Company was born. I thought, okay, look, we've got Dorset tea, we've got Yorkshire tea, uh, we've got um, Wiltshire Tea Company. I thought, well, why not the New Forest Tea Company? It was yeah. as simple as that. Um, so I thought, right, we'll go. It is. It basically does what it says in the tin. Yeah. So we thought New Forest Tea Company. We got local um, branding to work on the branding for us. Did a fantastic job. Uh, we had a local web designer came up with some ideas. We put everything together. The other part of it, which is key to us, is working with other local businesses. So. Um, during COVID, I actually set up a um, online uh, food festival for people that we used to do food festivals with prior to COVID. And basically, when COVID hit, they thought that was the end of the world. So I, I sort of said to them, in, I was working with um, Rob Wheeler from Forest Food um, over in Barton-on-Sea. And we came up with the concept of an online food festival. We thought we're going to pull these people through it with us. We're going to do this. So, and what we wanted to do was get a movement towards using local suppliers, using buying local and supporting the local businesses. So when we launched New Forest Tea Company, we did a social media surge. Um, we got a lot of traction. So I thought, okay, we might be onto something here. 
We had some interest from some very nice larger companies as well as local smaller companies. Um, and we wanted to use other local businesses. So we contacted Robin at Forest Edge Roasting, who is our own roastery in Lindhurst, um, Tracy at New Forest Shortbread, um, and brought all these different parts together that would complement our product. And really, it was just a case of, right, let's do it. So uh, we got the base, or we got the um, product ready to go, uh, the branding, and we hit the ground and we had a very good opening period. Um, and to be honest, we were taken aback with the, the people who we were being contacted by. We thought there'll be a few local cafes, but there were some quite large hotels, um, some very nice uh, companies. Um, I mean, I, I suppose like I can mention with uh, Brad Beers up in Romsey, which is a fantastic company to work with. Uh, the mansion at Cold East over at um, over the other side of Southampton, room two in Southampton. So some nice chains, but then the core of us as well is local companies. So Setley Ridge, um, Shappen Stores over in Burley. We've got um, Rosie Lee House, places like that. Um, so yeah, it's it's that sort of thing where we we thought, right, we've got a concept. How can we make it visible? How can we make it community based? Um, how can we get the locals on board with what we do? And look, at the end of the day, we're not going to win everyone over. We will get people coming up to us and saying, oh, I like my Yorkshire tea. I'm like, okay. I mean, I, I'm one of those. If you come up to me at a, a market or a show and you see me, have you got Yorkshire tea? I said, well, I'm not in Yorkshire, am I? And it's that sort of thing. I just have a bit of fun with it. If you don't want to know or if you want to almost sort of slightly belittle what we do, it's fine. I, I get it. I'm not going to change everyone's mind. It's the same for starbucks it's the same for costa people go oh well i can get a nescafe it's okay we get it um but what we're trying to do is be a, a very um independent local company who involves a lot of other businesses in the area um like if we get even if we get someone who's who's interested in starting a business i'm like come and have a chat with us it's fine it's no problem because i we have gone through the mill to get to this point i mean I don't, I mean, I didn't have a gray beard before <laughs> I have now. Um, so it's, it's, it, it's the new forest tea company at the moment. We're three years in, uh, obviously year three is quite key for a lot of businesses. Year one and two, you just hold onto the seat of your pants and, and you look at your overdraft and go, wow, that's a lot of zeros. And you just go, okay, we can get through this. It's building, it's building. And then you get to that tipping point, And then that is almost the point where you go, okay, I think we've got a chance here. Um, and you start to then word of mouth with your other wholesale customers. They speak to wholesale customers. We actually have to do a, quite a lot less putting ourselves out there now because our wholesale customers do a lot of our sort of talking for us. And also, and also people drinking our tea in our wholesale customers' establishments, they may own bed and breakfast they own my own cafes they own my own shops and they'll go straight online and go i tried your tea in such and such would you be able to supply me um and we and we have interest from various places i mean we've got a wholesale in dubai who's interested in us so there's there's different markets that we're sort of looking at and i think as well i suppose one thing i i learned from um back in 10 years ago was i think i ran a bit quick with what i was doing um and now i'm not as impatient to get to the end goal um i want to build a more solid foundation with the business yeah and it's only recently where i've started to see the improvement and the overall steadiness of the ship that i'm able to say right okay well we can start to look at the next stage of the business um because we're self-funded um it's it's one of those things these days that banks just laugh at you um they're not interested. And if they are interested, you have to jump through hoops. Um, and I've done that. I've been there. It's I'd, I'd rather see the fruition of what I'm doing and not have to rely on someone else yep. as much. So, yeah. Uh, so I, what I love from, from that, obviously I don't love the aspect of, of, of Tesco, uh, yeah. Sue, but um, the, when you mentioned COVID and seeing it as an opportunity, because obviously uh, for a lot of people, it was, you know, a, a terrible time. Um, but I think, you know, there, there were opportunities for businesses to grow, to learn, to adapt. Yep. And, um, you know, the fact that you brought 
other businesses together to help you know it's it's, it's fantastic i think that yeah. you know that speaks volumes for you as a as a person and a, as a business and i think you know seeing covid you know yeah you know take, taking that as an opportunity to grow and you know what can we do how can we adapt what can we take from it rather than letting it you know su- suppress you is is you know, you know, should be an eye opener for other businesses out there, but they, you know, where they may be a, at a time where they're struggling or things are difficult. Yeah. You know, and they look at it a different way, you know, switching around and go, okay, this is bad at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, how can we turn it around into maybe a, a positive? Yes. I, I yeah. think that's definitely a lesson for a lot of people out there. So yeah. I was going to, you know, we're going to talk to now about obstacles and how to overcome a main learning point so guessing the the tesco were maybe your your biggest obstacle that you've had to overcome potentially yeah Uh, i think yeah i mean it was it was horrific we um we overcame it it was it was a very different i mean i'm very fortunate that i had at the time i had uh, my parents were very supportive we had um kelly's family very supportive we had so many uh loyal customers who were just incandescent with rage who would fight for us um and that gave us a lot of uh peace of mind that we had people behind us um so yeah i mean obstacles obviously um covid was one we thought okay well we're doing this and if it doesn't work what what are we going to do um because I, like i said right at the beginning i'm not a great one for being told what to do um don't get me wrong i'm not a difficult person to work with but I like to be able to explore a lot of different avenues. I like to create. I like to go with things. Um, so if it hadn't worked, who knows? Um, maybe I'll be back on the ships. Um, so it's, um, yeah, I mean, obstacles-wise, I think there are obstacles most weeks, but it's how you approach them. Do you see it as, oh, I'm just going to go under the covers and that's it, I'm done? Um, I mean, we had um, at the very beginning, uh, we had a small issue with trading standards over labeling. It was one of those. I'm a small business. I, I again, I was taken aback by com- like shops that wanted to stock us. So I put stock into shops. The labeling was slightly incorrect, didn't um, conform. Trading standards emailed me and I thought, oh, I'm done. Mm. But I wasn't. I read through it. I took it step by step. I spoke to trading standards. Um, they're here. They're there to help you at the end of the day. And that's the thing is people like them, people like food hygiene, they're not there to destroy you. They are there to help you. Um, and this is the thing. They're seeing as these big, bad, bad ogres. And there is the information from them if you get on side with them. And that's something that I've always done. Like if I'm doing shows, um, as in food festivals, I will always try and be on side with the organisers because it's hard what they do. There's no point stamping your feet and getting angry because number one, you're not going to get invited back. Um, <laughs> number two, if you're if you're in if you're good with them and you create a relationship, it pays off down the line, which it has with us because we launched our mobile tea chest and we get contacted about that by show organizer because they've heard about us. So, yeah, okay, there's obstacles. There's obstacles. I don't know uh, the horse box. Um, we were taking it out last year, went to hook it up, realised that we had two flat tyres the day before a show. Okay, it's an obstacle, but phone up a local um, tyre specialist, get them down, repair it, you're on your way. Yeah, when you look back on some of the obstacles you've had, people would say, well, I don't know how you're still doing it. But then you've got to look at the rewards. Like our One thing I would say is obviously coming off the high street, our work-life balance is a lot better because we became the face of Teetotal. And we were basically, we had to be there. People wanted to see us. And it was probably the worst mistake I made is that we were so involved. I mean, we had a great team there, fantastic group of young kids who have gone on to really good careers, which is lovely to see. Um, But sometimes if you become too much of the face of it, it can backfire on you. Um, So yes okay kelly and i are the face of it gracie as well um but it's it's one of those things yeah obstacles are there um but at the end of the day that's life isn't it it's you're gonna have obstacles there's no there's no and this is the thing people think there's this amazing magical wand of business where it's overnight success okay you look at jeff bezos he started out in a garage selling secondhand books 
you may not agree with the guy now, but if you look at him when he started, he was selling books off a shelf um, and that was it. He's not an overnight success. Steve wow. Jobs was not an overnight success. People like that are not overnight successes. You have the once in a million fluke of someone who might have bought a crypto coin 10 years ago and suddenly it's worth 50,000, but next day it's worth 10. So that's an obstacle for them. So all these guys have gone through yeah. a lot to get to where they are. You're absolutely right. It seems to me that when you are you know, facing an obstacle, you're very much a person that looks to overcome it looks to how how to you know how to overcome it what you know what can you do what opportunity is is available so there's a lot of learning points that you've you've experienced is that kind of inbuilt in you as a as a person do you, do you think um, is that think, experience over time that you know yeah you're... i mean I, i've had i have had a number of disappointments in i, I used to be a professional golfer so hmm. that was one of my my old things that i was um and I never got to the end of where I wanted to go with that. And that was something I look back on and okay. Yeah. Okay. That, that was that. But I think everything that I've done has got me to a point where I am now. Um, we lost my dad a couple of years ago. It was a huge loss, but again, every time, yeah, you think of them during the day, but you think, right, what would they be doing? How would they approach things? Um, I'm lucky enough, like I say, I've got a very supportive family. Some people aren't that lucky. But I will tell you this, is that um, at the start of this year, I did have a breakdown. Um, it was basically a build-up of everything over the last 10 years, running a business, running my personal life. And I basically took on too much mm -hmm. and it, got, it overwhelmed me. And I think as business owners sometimes we're very stubborn we won't ask for help uh, we won't reach out to people we won't talk to people uh, we think we're indestructible and we're not at the basic level with human beings yep. um, and especially local businesses um, local businesses are constantly fighting and fighting and fighting to get a foothold um, and you go in you get up in the morning and you start you turn the laptop on you do whatever you open the doors and you are on it all day, every day. And it doesn't matter if you finish work at five, you're still on it. Um, it's very difficult to get away with. And that takes its toll. And I think one thing that I'm quite interested in exploring because of what I've gone through mentally is that I would love to be able to start something. There is a project called the Burnt Chef Project, which is for burnt out hospitality um, people, chefs, waiters who go through the mill every day. Um, but I think an overall thing of actually just sitting down because it's very difficult to talk to people about mental health, but yeah. mental health of business owners is so important because you see people who are close to tears sometimes and you just don't know what to do. They're either their business is in trouble or their personal life is getting in the way of the business or things are happening. Um, and I think trying to create a community of local businesses that they have a safe space to chat and talk and just say this is what's going on um it's, it could be as simple as the fact that we want to take the business to the next stage but i cannot find funding mm -hmm. and it sort of picks away at me or it could be well hold on a minute i want to create a new product um how do i test it how do i do a test market and it picks away it picks away at you and over time you start to start doubting yourself and you think is this the right thing and and you see i mean i, I unfortunately during covid we saw a number of our friends who their businesses went to the wall. Um, but we've got people who got through it. And when we chat to them, when we sit down and actually chat to them, rather than chat to them about business, chat to them as human beings, um, you start to find out their story, what they're going through. Um, and I think that's something that the general public sometimes forget is that if they're going into an independent store and they're ranting at a, a waiter or they're ranting at a shop assistant, they don't realize what that person is going through. They don't open the door at nine and shut at five. They wake up at seven and may not sleep and they're still thinking about it. And they and the one thing they'll focus on is that horrible customer or that horrible review. So one thing, if people are listening, the one thing I would say is before you press send on that TripAdvisor review or that thing that you might not have been happy with, just think about the person behind who's doing that because it's it it can crush you. Um, and it's very important that people know that. 
It, yeah, uh, because people see a, a, a name, don't they? They see the business name yep. rather than the actual person. Absolutely, and, yeah. You know, I think that idea is is great, particularly, as you say, bringing local businesses together because, you know, as business owners, we can very much feel isolated and think, you know, yep. I'm on my own. I'm, I'm the only person maybe feeling this or worrying about this. Yep. But actually, the business next door might be in yep. the same boat. You know, the person running that business may be in the same boat and they're thinking, crikey, I'm on my own. And actually, if you just start talking to each other and go, yep. you know what, how, what can we do? How can we get through? And yep. sometimes, you know, just talking. Yeah. Just yep. talking about what you're worried about, what concerns you have, and, you know, maybe share, then sharing ideas and think, you know, I think you'd have a lot of people, a lot of businesses, you know, taking you up on that i think you know it's a great yeah. idea yeah you know just to share you know worries concerns ideas how to help because yeah. you get you because everyone has contacts don't they you know everyone has different ideas you know everyone can chip in and, and help and all of a sudden you could have then a wealth of knowledge for people to to use and to talk to and you know i think yeah i think that could help you know, a, a lot of people yeah definitely yeah i mean that's that's the main thing is that it's it is a it, like you say it is a lonely business sometimes um we can be getting up at ungodly hours and going to bed at ungodly hours and you're looking at the bank account you're looking at invoices coming in you're chasing invoices and it it, it takes a toll i mean I, i'm very to fort- yeah, yeah i'm very fortunate yeah, yeah yeah i mean i my my wife kelly and and that's the thing as well is if you if you're creating a business uh, okay if you're a, a sole sole trader and it's just you you have to bring everything to the table. You have to have multiple hats. But I'm fortunate, and we've been fortunate as we've gone along, where having people who can bring different strengths to the table. So I'm very much the the face and the, the talker, um, as people know. Um, but people who meet my wife, she's absolutely mad, and she's bounces around off the wall. She's absolutely brilliant, great fun. But she's the... Um, She's basically the one who does a lot of the background work. She'll do the accounts for me. Um, she'll check on invoicing. She'll do a lot of packaging. Um, she's very fastidious on what she does. So it's that side of things which I can't do that she brings to the table. So if you can find people to bring into the business who bring something to it, if you bring something who's exactly the same as you, in, it's not going to work because you're just going to butt heads. Um but if you've got people who've got different inputs and ideas or have got different strengths, then you can start building a business around it. So, yeah, no, yeah, spot on. Um, so touched on at the beginning in that, you know, the drinks industry is obviously huge and can be, you know, quite difficult to make yourself stand out. Um, so for anyone listening to this who maybe has an idea that they feel would work within the industry, yeah. I, mean, I appreciate you've given a lot of uh, tips and advice already, but, you know, what would be your three main tips for anyone looking to start? In um, the- well, first, I mean, a, a few of these are more obvious, I suppose. Know your product. Know mm-hmm. what you're about. Um, now, one thing we noticed uh, from post-COVID is that there was a lot of people during COVID who thought that, okay, I've got this product and it works brilliantly and all my friends have bought it and I'm going to make millions what we've noticed after COVID is that 90% of those businesses don't exist anymore. Um, So don't just test it on your mum, your sister, your friends, because very rarely will they say, no, that's terrible. Um, They'll be more positive, inclined to be positive. So test your market, try your market, um, go into competitors. Some competitors will be happy to talk. Um, Don't be afraid to ask other companies who do similar to what you do, um, for information um, don't be sort of too espionage with it um, some of them are open obviously if they're bigger companies it's a bit difficult but um, if people like myself have gone through it I'm fairly open I don't mind talking to people as long as you're not going to open the the Lindhurst Tea Company um, and it's it, the research behind it obviously we looked at different aspects of it knowing your market is key having a business plan okay at the start is quite useful for um, referencing back um and also if you're looking to get loans and things like that the business plan can be important um my business plan does sit on the laptop and i look at it occasionally and i look at for reference so it can be important for me the number one thing if you're running a business is passion if you're not passionate about what you do then there's no point doing it it's just not it's not going to work 
Um, if you turn up at a, a food festival and you're miserable sin and you sit there on your chair expecting people to buy your product, then what are you doing? Either get someone to do it for you or don't bother. Yeah. Um, it, you have to be in there at the coalface every day showing people that this is this is what they need. They need this product. Um, and if they don't need it, why don't they need it? Right, okay, I'm going to find a way you need this product. Um, and you've got to be flexible. Uh, you've got to be able to bounce around and work out, okay, if I can't go in that direction, what, where can I go? Can I do this? Can I do that? Um, you've got to be able to think on your feet, all those sort of things. Um, and probably number five is good. <laughs> It's too many. Um, is one thing I, I learned is don't run before you walk. It's so important not to just. It, over the last few years, you've seen that even the bigger businesses like Wilco is a huge one. Um, people like that where they've gone and opened up multiple branches. Um, their pro their businesses supposedly grown, but their debts have grown, and in the end, you can't furnish that debt. Whereas if you take it step by step and look at a growth of, okay, let's get through year two, let's get through year four, let's get through year six, eight, ten, then eventually you'll get there. But don't run. Don't go mad straight away. Start off small. Like we started off with a core of eight different blends uh, with the teas. We're now up to 13, but that's taken three years. Um, and that's only through research of what customers are asking for, when we were doing shows or wholesale customers feeding back to us. So if I'd have started out with 13 blends, my investment would have been almost double and I might've been sitting on stock for two years rather than starting off with eight blends that I sold through in the first year and then go from there. So yeah. it's, it's one of those things that is, you can get this excitement factor where you just go, Oh, I'm going to open up three shops and blah, blah, blah. doesn't work like that. It's yeah. unless you've got a massive backing, uh, you're uh, a blue chip. It's just not going to happen. So, yeah. And you know, you you mentioned some big hitters earlier on. You know, Jeff Bezos and Steve Jobs and, and people like that. And you know, it it took time for them. And I'm not yeah. saying you know people listening, you know, may become billionaires or whatever no, else. Exactly. But, yeah. You know, businesses do typically take time. You know, yeah. and I, you know, you mentioned earlier on as well about having solid foundations. And I think that's paramount. You know, you have to have a solid foundation for your business, you know, and then that will give you the opportunity when the time is right, whether, as you say, it's in three years, four years, five years, et cetera. Yeah. But then eventually, you know, grow and, and become what you, you know, may have envisaged. Yeah, from. definitely. Yeah, yeah. Okay, fab. So before we talk about the future and what may be to come for the new yeah. Force Tea Company. Um, since you started, Ian, I don't doubt you've had many highlights. Um, so it may be difficult for you to narrow it down, but if you if you could narrow it down, what would be the highlight of your journey so far? Uh, that might be a difficult one. <laughs> yes, it's, I was thinking about I was thinking about this, and it's it, it's what I mean. You have sort of pinch me moments, and sort of moments where you go, "Wow, this is actually I've got a business going here." Uh, I suppose the first one would be uh, year one, we won Best New Business in the New Forest uh, with the New Forest Business Partnership Awards, which are quite prestigious in the area. Um, it's run by the New Forest Business Partnership, voted for by public and business. You then have to go up in front of a panel and um, talk. Um, and, yeah, we were lucky enough or, uh, to be chosen um, out of a number of businesses as the Best New Business uh, so that gave us sort of quite a, uh, a boost um, in the first six months. Then uh, I think as well, sort of pinch me moments, like I was saying, is where we were looking at certain markets to supply and then bigger companies were contacting us. And when you open up an email from someone who wants a lot more product than you were expecting um, and is a bigger company than you were expecting, you start to think, okay, we might, be onto something and I think that's it and it it's it's moments like that it's an email you open like I when I had the uh tea lounge in Lindhurst my emails in the morning I'd open them and go oh my life what is going on um it'd be a trip advisor comment or it'd be a bank or something like that whereas now if I open up the emails in the morning I'm fairly confident that most of them are relatively positive um and you'll get 
uh, we have on our website, you have the wholesale inquiries. And like I was saying, we've, we had an inquiry from a company in Dubai. Uh, we've had inquiries from uh, a ferry company. We've had inquiries from various different outlets and those sort of things think, oh, okay, well, we're not this small two-man outfit. We're actually known around. And, and obviously being in the forest, we're very fortunate. We get a huge amount of people throughout the year who come to the forest from internationally, the whole of the UK, and the word spreads. Like we've just sent a shipment out to Canada. We've sent various. So it's it, it, it gets there as you go along. We did a partnership with um, a company in America. Um, they put our teas in one of their club collections in the monthly thing. Uh, we didn't really think anything of it. That was in the first couple of months. And then we had about 20 orders come from the US. So it's, it's those sort of moments that you have to think back on. And I think on the difficult days, you do have to try and remind yourself, like Kelly is very good at reminding me of the successes we've had. I'm occasionally the one who will look at, oh, my life, yeah. what's going on. Um, but she'll go, no, look at what we've got. Look at what this is. And that's key is that you've got to try and think, okay, well, I open up my wholesale folder and we've got 75 wholesale customers and it's growing and growing. It's not diminishing. That's, um, that's another great tip. I think yeah. for business owners is, you know, when times are difficult is to reflect and, and look at your successes, whether they yeah. are small, big or large successes, yeah. look at them and times are tough. Yeah. And, you know, the fact that Kelly reminds you, you know, uh, it's a great partnership that, that you yeah. have, you know, yeah, that that's another tip. But I think that's, tip number six yeah <laughs> i think yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no i mean the more the yeah. merrier you know yeah, I, yeah, yeah. It, it, it definitely helps so yeah. um for anyone who follows your company on social media i think obviously the highlight is gracie your dog oh um, yeah. but but other than gracie yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll see you popping up in numerous different shops or markets so when i see uh, you know uh, thinking about your, your future and my mind went to you considering maybe you would open up a shop and I obviously yeah. had that previously, but you yeah. know, is that in the future for the new Forest Tea Company, or, or is it something completely different? What What does the future uh, look like? So the future is uh, well, the future is now, as they say. Um, yeah. In that tomorrow, we actually pick up the keys for a new unit. But this is a uh, basically we're we're tripping over boxes. We we run out of room. Um, it's a nice problem to have. So we decided that um, the next step for us is obviously a unit. We 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 don't want to touch the high street. It, it, it's one of those that we've been there. We've done it. Uh, we've dealt with 10 year fully repairing leases. We've dealt with landlords and it's not something we are interested in at the moment. Um, but the unit we're going to have uh, is a, it's a two step unit. So the first step is January. We'll have the first unit uh, that will allow us more space to pack, blend, do whatever we need to do, distribute. Uh, the second unit we'll have from March, uh, that unit will be become the main unit where we'll be packing and processing and we'll also eventually house our hopefully funded uh, tea packing machine, which will allow us to be fully autonomous um, from, um, we will still use our tea merchant, but we won't have to commit to them packing the pyramid bags for us with our blends. Um, that's something that is planned um but one thing that we've come across is that funding for things like that is very very difficult so we're hoping to launch a crowd funder uh in the new year um and also we've had local businesses that have been interested in funding part of it so we're looking at that side um the original unit the first unit in january that will then become a, a space where wholesale customers can come to visit um Retail customers will offer a click and collect so they can, can pick up um, because we do free local delivery, uh, but the location allows them to come and pick up. Um, we'll have uh, a space there that we may be able to do eventually as we go along the line, blending evenings, um, tea talks, uh, experiences, things like that. So that is where we see it going. Uh, we still see ourselves more as a wholesale background company. Yeah. Um, our retail platform is either through farm shops like Shappen, Setley Ridge, uh, places like that, um, or shops. Uh, we've got uh, the welcome stores in Brockenhurst and Ashurst, places like that. We have cafes that sell our products, uh, Nova over at Dibden Perlu. And then online, obviously, our platform is very strong online, newforesttcompany.com. 
Um, that's very busy. Uh, we will be amalgamating our loose leaf company into that website. So everything will come under one umbrella um, because at the moment we have our original website from Teetotal Days, which is popular for loose leaf. Uh, we have the New Forest Tea Company website, which is mainly predominantly our pyramid bags, but with some loose leaf. And then what we'll do once we have the ability to pack any tea you like into a pyramid bag, everything will be under one. Um, and then you'll have a, a real... Uh, multifaceted website um, business there but yeah the we will still be doing shows out and about uh, mainly with our mobile tea chest which has been phenomenal when we've uh, done shows with it uh, we're at Exbury Gardens this weekend for the Christmas fair with the horse box um, so we'll be serving the tea serving the barista coffee and various things um, so that's a, a key element of the business uh, there's also another product that we're looking to uh, investigate down the line but I won't let on too much at the moment we've got to keep something secret you have. Um, yeah so um but yeah i mean we're, we're just we're really looking forward to having a creative space mm. at the moment we have a space where we can just fall over boxes um mm. but having a creative space to let everything just go wild a little bit and come up with some new ideas new concepts um how we're going to approach the market from year three onwards um and obviously having a space where we're part of Hampshire Fair, uh, which is a, a great organization that looks after the interests of local producers. So having a space where they can come and visit us and see what we do, because uh, at the moment I wouldn't actually have anyone come through the door and see what we do because it's a bit of a mess. Um, so um, having a, a, an actual unit is going to be quite a big step for us. So, uh, yeah, we're looking forward to painting and decorating and, and getting it ready. So, yeah. Um, it sounds like the future's uh, very bright then for... Uh, for yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those things. It's not a done deal. Um, every day you've got to get up and just keep pushing, keep pushing. Um, but we're at a point now where we think, okay, we've we've got a base. Um, yeah. We've got a bit more of a foundation. We can take this somewhere. Um, and there's always going to be, like we were discussing, there's always going to be challenges. There's going to be obstacles. Um, but our customer retention is very strong um, and I think that's one thing is that our customer service is massively key to us the fact that we're very personable or we hope we're very personable um, that we we're always on the end of the phone we're able to be contacted um, all those sort of things make a difference to our customers um, and again that's something that is huge like if you can offer that little bit more service yeah. than another competitor it will go a long way um even if you make a mistake if you can get on it and sort it out straight away people will appreciate that every day of the week so yeah real ian you've been a great guest thank you so much for coming on before uh, i let you go i know you, you've just uh, touched on the website uh, just yeah. and but for anyone wanting to find out more about the, the new forest tea company where can they find you so uh, newforestteacompany.com is our website. Uh, we're also on uh, Instagram. So if you want to see Gracie or myself or my wife, um, that's uh, at newforestteaco. We're also on Facebook. Uh, we don't do X. Uh, and um, that, I think that's about it. Oh, uh, I suppose uh, TikTok's the next thing, but I've got to start dancing for that, haven't I? So um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, we'll try and get Gracie on that. She's, she, and if you want to follow Gracie, she's got her own uh, Instagram feed. So she's very clever. <laughs> there we go. very talented dog brilliant yeah. ian thank you so much nice no, pleasure john thanks for having me on thank you